All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 101 of the Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. Mots, uh, good to catch up with you. We had a little dinner celebrating our hundredth episode. Uh, great time last week. Great feedback so far uh, from everybody that's listened. We thank you. And uh, hundred episodes on to one hundred and one. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah, we appreciate all the listeners, the sponsors. Um, yeah, it's just been fun chatting some hockey. You know, kind of navigating the uh, the path for some parents, coaches, and uh, kids. So. We'll just keep keep rolling along here. Uh, but yeah, we had a great dinner and um enjoyed a nice uh you know what was that? A little hooky poo. Cheers, you and I. You know, a little yeah, yeah, poo. yeah, that was cute. Yeah, that was with cute. the uh Irish coffee. So uh all good and uh on to one oh one. On to one oh one. Yeah, special thanks to you know all the people too behind the scenes. Obviously, we gotta give a a shout out to the wives, but also to Jersey and and Mo who uh, who do so much for the team here. So we wouldn't wouldn't be here without uh, with with without the, those guys. Yeah, do a ton of work behind the scenes, like you said. You know, just dealing with our nonsense number one, and then yeah. uh, the preparation and everything, the editing that goes into it, um, and then the finished product. What everyone in here is 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 not what uh, actually happens. You know, first <laughs> cut. So, uh, you know, we thank the crew here and, uh, you know, we wouldn't be here without them either. No, absolutely. Uh, how's everything going? I know last week when we chatted, it was, uh, tournament time. I know there was a lot of good hockey locally. I was able to catch a few games, but you know, we talked about it last week that the, the prep schools were kind of firing all weekend. I know you were out at a tournament out at, in, uh, Lawrence Groton area and, Obviously, there was the flood mire that took place here. Big win for Milton Academy in the flood mire. I, th- I think that was their first win I heard in, since like 1980 or so, which was surprising to me for a team that's in it every year. But uh, special shout out to those guys. Yeah, that's a little bit. Uh, of a boy drought. Jake Tebow's got to be happy that the Mustangs finally pulled one off. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So um, there was in the you know Groton Lawrence tournament. It was played in two ranks and. It was, uh, you know, it was a good weekend, good, good, strong uh, play by, you know, um, his team, but, you know, good quality opponents. Like I said, the scouts, um, schools, NHL scouts uh, at all these games, and you just want to put your best foot forward, playing well and playing the game the right way. But uh, the one thing that was a constant when I was talking to a bunch of these NHL GMs, um, NHL scouts, college uh, scouts and coaches, um, and high school coaches was this, you know, the concepts don't change, you know, mm-hmm. the, the game is the game, how you approach it has been changing over the years. So I talked to, a, you know, a very, uh, well-respected prep school coach who was watching a game. I watched a game with him and, you know, his coaching philosophy changed over the years and I was asking him why. You know, I was like, you know, that's that's something, you know, you have to adapt. But the consistent term that kept coming, you know, up in these conversations was entitlement. Yeah. And when I, even at the highest level, this is like pretty interesting stuff. So at the highest level, it, you know, it all goes down. But so why is that happening? And it's because in youth hockey, it's coming up high school, college, pro. 
right? So the entitlement of these players, you know, you're a good player, so you have a skill set. So like I said, the concepts don't change, but what changes at each level is execution and buy-in. Yeah. And the buy-in seems to be waning when you have a sense of entitlement. So I'm talking to, like, the kids that I'm watching want to go to the next level, meaning like college, and a coach is talking about the same exact stuff. Like, you know, I'm trying to have these guys buy in. They think they are better than they are. They, you know, want to do something consistently that they think might be better. So I'm like, it's like blowing my mind. And this is good for parents to hear, good for coaches to hear. It's a problem, right? Yeah. So how do you correct it? How do you minimize it so that your kid can be not the kid that's entitled? You want them to be the best player possible, right? But when something goes not their way or a coach is telling them something that they don't want to do, and they react a certain way, that's where that entitlement kind of label comes into play. So just like parents, keep your eyes and ears open about this stuff. And if you're feeding, you know, negative information, you know, aside from the coach's direction, then you're a part of the problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a great, like, how does it change? It's, it's changed. Over the course of, I want to say, the last 20 plus years, 20 years. Right. Can, you know, small increments. But again, I do feel like the. How do we get it back on track, though? Great question. There's not one answer. I would just say because these coaches are bending the knee to the kids and changing their approach. Mm -hmm. So that's giving that behavior a little bit of validity right you know what i mean when i think i mean something that's drastically changed so much too is the opportunity to go you know if you don't let's just just start it out in high school right so you're a a freshman or a sophomore and you don't make the varsity team right oh you oh that that top team it's just like all right well we're gonna go somewhere else right it's like that that constant change and then you see it at, at the college level. Right. So, and I, you know, I, I think back to our episode with Josh uh, Siaco, right. And he was talking about the transfer portal and, you know, people like it's been a, it's been a nightmare for all these guys because instead of buying in and staying with the program, like, I mean, you think back to, you know, the, the early nineties, the, the, you know, the, Boston University national championship teams like Chris Drury, Mike Greer, like guys that went on to have long, long NHL careers, like their freshman years weren't, they weren't playing right away. You know what I mean? And those guys ended up obviously being, you know, all Americans, Hobie Baker winners, like, because they weren't completely just bought into the, I mean, I'm sorry, they, they, but they were, they were bought in and, you know, they were part of that culture over at BU and, and they were willing to, put in the work and do whatever it took so that when they did get the opportunity to get in, into the lineup, they weren't coming out. So yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, I, it's, it's funny. You had those conversations with different coaches and it's just, you know, I think it from a youth hockey perspective, we've got to, you know, continue to try to do a good job of, of, of or a better job of just like, you know, not, 
not letting the inmates run the asylum too, right? Yeah, and that's that was kind of the point. Like the approach has changed as a coaching as a philosophy to like appease versus, you know, this is the way we're doing it because sometimes when you say that, you know, if it doesn't go, you know, in the same, you know, if it doesn't agree with that player or that parent, then they're going to go somewhere else. And even though they're saying the right things. Right. So it's just an interesting thing to hear it, that it has trickled into the game, not even trickled in. It's, it's part of what every level is dealing with. But the whole point is, you know, of what I said, the, the game and the concepts, the concepts have not changed. Right. You know, it's like you know, there's different ways you can tweak it and, you know, um, educate and, you know, game plan. But ultimately, when you get your players to try to buy in and to, to do what you're trying to accomplish and and they're not and they think they have a little a better idea of it's not kind of like suited to their skill set in their opinion. I mean, like who knew? Like I didn't know what type of player I was. You know, like it was like whatever the coaches are saying, I'm I'm gonna do. Yeah. And then you just work, you know, and then you find your game versus being like at 12 years old, uh, this is what I am, and then yeah. that's all you do. You know, like right. in the you know, you just you fight it the whole way. But anyway, I just thought it was an interesting. You know, it was a great weekend of hockey, but it was really uh, eye opening to to talk uh, to a bunch of different you know high level people about you know, this, what we talk about all the time. And, but that word kept coming up and it was just very interesting. Yeah. Take the entitlement out of the game. Yeah. We'll put, nice. put that on Dan's uh, t-shirt. Yeah. Put that on Dan, big Dan's <laughs> t-shirt board. <laughs> um, that's uh no, that's, that's good. I know, uh, you know, shout out to Cushing. They ended up taking down the championship, right? Yeah. So Up I was that attorney. Yeah, I had to shoot back to uh, Brooks' game, but um, yeah, they came out. They came out and played well. I think they beat uh, Dexter five to two, and yeah, it was, in the final, uh, yep. Yeah, but they played a, a strong game. I saw the first, you know, period, and you know, well structured. Paul Pearl's doing a good job there, former guest. Yep, and um, you know, just they they were making plays. They were <laughs> defending correctly. It was just you know, it was good to see. There weren't many turnovers for on their side. And they capitalized on uh, a few from Dexter. So uh, they played a championship style, uh, you know, caliber of hockey. They're undefeated and, you know, they're, they're playing a, a good brand of hockey along the way. Yeah. No, I was able to catch some of it. Uh, it's cool to, you know, be able to watch the live streams and things like that when you're not able to make it. So I was able to watch some Arise game, uh, their game versus Dexter. And then also, um, you know, the, the Cushing Dexter, the final. I was. Kind of in the ranks myself, in and out with my own teams, but I uh, was able to watch some of it. So it's cool. You know, one thing that has changed and being able to, you know, have the technology to watch uh, these different events go on is uh, is really cool just to be able to pull it up on your phone. Um, so it was, it was good to watch those guys, and congrats to the the Purple Penguins. Yeah, the, the, the Penguins, uh, it was funny. I was with uh, Coach Donato from Harvard, and he's like, tough unis. That's it, you know, like because it was like the dark black and the, I'm like no, actually, you know, like you know, the, you'll warm up to them, you know, like yeah, yeah, you know, they were just buzzing around and uh, don't be was, jealous, Teddy. Yeah, I, you know, that's what I was thinking. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they got the uh, I I don't know if they ever did. I mean, I can't remember on any of it. it they must be a really, really old school look, but they they're wearing like a purple helmet. Uh, 
yeah. which I'm, obviously I'm sure you saw live, but they, I think they look pretty sharp. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, what is it? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. You, you have a little bias too, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. Um, yeah, like we said, so uh, great feedback. Obviously, it was it was great to have, uh, you know, my father and Dan Whitney on. Uh, those guys, they they loved it. And uh, thanks to everybody who 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 did listen uh, or is, you know, or is in the process of listening and things like that. We've had some some great feedback, great numbers so far. So shout out to those special, you know, local legends uh, and uh, and boosting the numbers up in the uh, in the podcast ratings that this past week. Those guys did a hell of a job. Yeah, they're so they're so great, and it's so fun to. And we talk about these lifelong friendships, and they're a prime example of it. They're very good friends, like you know, to this day because of hockey. Yeah, and because of youth hockey, because of our kids. Yeah, I mean, because of because of their kids. And uh, you know, it was just it's very apparent. You know, they feed off one another, and you know, and like I said, I, I know where Ryan Whitney gets his. His humor and his his uh, his you know good uh, you know you know sense of you know wit, wit. yeah the wit. <laughs> you know, the, wit, the wit wit you know it's uh, wit it's so great so Dan was great your dad buddy was great and uh, just a wealth of knowledge between the two of them and kind of reinforcing a lot of the stuff that we say um, but ultimately just to have it you know told from their point of view and. You know, to have a couple quick one-liners in there too. It was it was just a lot of fun. I could have sat there all day. Yeah, we could have we could have made that a twelve-hour shift. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, everything everything good on your end in terms of the coaching and all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, we, I, I actually missed Brooks' game because I was up at that tournament. We had to drive Ryan back. I couldn't. I was running late. I didn't plan properly, but oh, so. Shocking. Yeah, I know, right? <clears throat> so between last week and this past practice, so we ran a lot of the same drills, and last week was a disaster. You know, the, I mean, we're, we're talking U12 girls that just were just excitable that, that night. You know, they just didn't want to focus and whatnot. So I was getting a little frustrated, came down the street, just being like, hey, that's absolutely terrible. Like, there's zero chances. You cannot make oh, a pass and them up. Yeah, practice with no pressure. There's no secret as to why when you have pressure, you can't make a play. Yeah. So you guys next week come back, dialed in, ready to go. So we had a practice, and it was the best practice of the year. They were really, really good. And they actually talked amongst themselves wow. in the locker room. So it was pretty cool, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it probably didn't help that you were threatening that, you know, Santa Claus wasn't going to show up on Christmas if they didn't have a good good practice and stuff yeah well that it was the last practice before christmas so we uh no no it was good uh, like i really was impressed and you know again i talked to the other coach i was like listen you know we kind of threw a lot at them expecting them to just pay attention and then maybe execute and we didn't really draw much up or whatever and it was you know some simple concepts that we should as a group, no, because we talk about it a lot and we draw it up, but we don't practice it all the time. Mm-hmm. So it was just like simple breakout, you know, touch to the coach, you know, another breakout in the other corner, back three on one. Yeah. You know, it's like a warm up drill almost, right? And they 
you know, the passes were like eh, eh, last week, but tape to tape, the you know, there was one little adjustment and have the center like touch their skates through the crease. The crease. Yeah. So they're nice and low, coming with speed instead of slowing down. You know, you just make some small adjustments, and the girls are really good. So just a, a shout-out to the U12 Breakers for, you know, dialing it in and you know, executing in practice after getting challenged. There you go. That's great. That's great. Yeah, we had a handful of games over the weekend as well. It was a busy weekend. We were down Foxborough, and then we had the team from uh, – MassCon, uh, kind of the that Enfield, the old the old Springfield picks uh, yeah. program. Uh, those guys up on Sunday for a few games, so it was a busy weekend. But yeah, we're just uh, dialing in. I'm sure that um, have you taken care of all your Christmas shopping and all that stuff? No. Yeah, yeah. I'm usually like a, a, a Christmas Eve guy. Yeah, Christmas Eve morning. Yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> good planning. <laughs> no, it's just about you know. <clears throat> Courtney does a, a great job at you know kind of tackling the uh, lion's share, and you know I just have to do a few things. But yeah, yeah, why, yeah. But those few things, if you don't get them done, are very important. Yeah, oh, I'll get them done. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just uh, see how it goes. Right. What about see what I, time it gets done at? I mean, if I get all right, so let's just say Christmas Eve morning, I'm. All of a sudden, battling all the other dads or whatever who's oh, last yeah. minute shopping, and I get a flat tire. I don't know I mean, <laughs> what's going to happen. Well, you know who you're not going to call. Yeah. So, can you tell me what happened again? So, um, Saturday in between, no. So, like I said, we had a couple games down at the Foxborough Rink, and we, you know, Brian was home just just got home middle of last week, so. It was time to get the Christmas tree, so we went and saw um, my buddy Jason over at Eagle Farms in Milton, which if you're looking for a tree still, go see those guys. I actually got the the hoodie on right now if you want to see it. Um, No free ads, but, yeah, shout out to uh, to Jason and the staff over there at Eagle Farms, and they'll uh, they'll take care of you. So we were at uh, Eagle Farms, two different cars, and I'm driving down now, randolph ave just going past wallaston and i just hear you know in the truck i just hear a a, what sounded like a pop i'm like oh boy that can't be good the low tire pressure pops on and you know i make it to just about the old bent's bakery and um that the tie is completely flat so joanna's actually behind me because we had two different cars she's got the tree on the roof of her truck i am in my truck and i'm like oh why no, wouldn't you this... put it in the backyard truck because i have so much stuff in there awesome. it, yeah. it, like it, <laughs> yeah i know I, it, that was she's like what's the point of getting a truck when we can't even put a tree in it but i'm like i have hockey equipment i got my golf clubs are still in there i have work stuff i mean the the, the, it's, the, a back of the truck, it's a locker room and yeah. The, I didn't need a, you know pine needles in my skates or anything. So by the time, so I pull over and dude, it's a new truck. Like I didn't even know where the spare tire was. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think it has one. So now oh, I got my no. phone out, uh, like no clue. Up underneath I, uh, the bed. I'm like, dude, do we have AAA? She's like, I'm like, you got to call AAA for me. She takes the kids. The guy from AAA came out. He was probably looking for something to do. You know what I mean? He's on call. So I figured give them the business. Uh, he he came, changed the tire for me, threw the spare, and we're good to go. I mean, who needs to change their own tire, really? 
Ah, uh, so embarrassing. I mean, attack my manhood all you want, but I like, am these, going to. These hands, like that, they're, they're not built for changing tires. You they're know just, what I mean? They're, they're, they're built for podcasting, toe, <laughs> toe dragon, twelve year old dragon, saucer passes. <laughs> like it's just that they're not meant to get dirty. Yeah. But I was starving too. Like that was the killer. I'm like waiting there for an hour on a Saturday, and. Imagine if you could have changed the tire, you'd have been out of there in like 12 minutes. Yeah. And filled your belly. No, well, but yeah, I, we chatted. I haven't taken like, Mott's home ec class yet. Well, that was the thing. You know, we, you, we talked, and I was like, dude. So, so just... I had to call you, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, there was a piece of metal in my tire. Like, mm-hmm. like I want to take a picture and send it into the town of Milton. I think they owe me a tire. Like, how did this piece of metal get in, into the tire? Yeah, it could have been an accident prior. They didn't clean it all up. Yeah, something. But no, yeah, I mean, no, when, when public I, works, like, come on, man, clean when, that when stuff I, up. When I heard that, I was like, man, like that's, you know, I would love to teach a class on like just functional skill sets in life, and one of them would be changing a tire. One and of them you would be just calling AAA. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, I do still have AAA. My dad buys it. You know, my mom and dad buy it for the family and for the kids. And good but to have. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, there's a little something, you know, to be said, though. Like, I, I will teach you. We'll, we can take your new tire off and put it back on together. Yeah. Maybe we'll do some practice reps instead yeah. of going instead of going Christmas shopping. We'll do that. That'd be sweet. <laughs> oh, I will. Uh, no, maybe I won't tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's let's remember. Yeah, well, that one's yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> God only knows where you were about to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, again, give me all the heat you want. I, I, dude, I got no beef with it. Um, I'm usually, I mean, I can't remember if I've ever been in that type of situation before. You know, but uh, the, hey, we live in the city. We live. I mean, luckily, I was in I was in Milton. I wasn't too far from home. And AAA was on the way. Was, I was just going to say, what happens if you weren't in like an area that AAA was readily available and you needed to get somewhere? Yeah, it could have been a problem. Yeah, I would have no, been so that guy. I would I would have been like... Waving people over? Yeah, like, hey. Hey, can you change my tire? I actually have a hilarious story about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if... I, yeah, I probably shouldn't tell. I'll tell you off here. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was, it was, I was, yeah, I can't yeah. tell. I, I definitely can't tell the story. Uh, it had to do when I was working, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you at, an, <laughs> at another point in time. So, so I anyway, as, that. as far as changing tires to the listeners, I mean, maybe we can chuck it out there to the pole. Should BY just stick, stick in the uh, truck and wait for trip, AAA, or should he know how to change a tire? Yeah, I'm it's, gonna it's, say that most people are gonna say I should know how to change the tire. Yeah, we, the, you'll get beat up on social media, and like your feelings will be hurt. And well, speaking of social media, can we flip the script a little bit, dude? How about your TikTok <laughs> dance moves? What do you think? Dude, Brutal. You were on fire. So I didn't know. I mean, she like was like, "Hey, you gonna put that out there to like your Instagram?" I'm like, sure, whatever. But when we did it, so it's like close your eyes and the tunes are playing, and um, the whole challenge or whatever it is is to see if you kind of dance like the person who you're dancing with. Right, right. 
you know, well, say, I, say Brooks got, you know, she falls in daddy's footsteps. Yeah. So we, we were, uh, pretty similar on a couple. Yeah. It's pretty, it pretty funny. Oh, you were boogieing. Yeah. It was good. It was really good. Good, good work. Good work. Uh, um, like, like my go to move is paint the floor and I didn't go with it. Is change the tire. Change the tire. <laughs> <laughs> change the tire. <laughs> You gotta jack it up. Get out the lip, dude. I, you should have seen me trying. I did find like the 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 jack and all the equipment and stuff. And you're like, nah. I I I had no idea where it was. It it it's like, up underneath the bed. I'm looking in the manual. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But then they like where the jack is and all that stuff oh, is oh. like it was behind. It was in the back this, seat. Yeah. Like the 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 seat folded down, so yeah, yeah they kind of hide it on you. Yeah, they do. That's they don't make it easy. They want you to call AAA. Yeah, most likely they want you to call AAA. Uh, all right, Mott's mailbag episode. Um, <laughs> let's go. Kid. Before we get into it here, let's talk about Chris uh chris devon and the group at cross country mortgage uh obviously we were able to use devo's space for the uh you know our 100th episode so once again thank you to uh to him but we caught up with devo we're in a purchase market right now devo and the team at cross country mortgage have options and strategies to provide buyers with lower monthly payments it's a great time to buy a home especially if you're renting so it's time for you to give Devo a call and chat about why home ownership makes sense. Again, it's a purchase market and a great time to buy. Give him give him a follow on Instagram at Chris Devon CCM for more information. His website, ChrisDevon.com, where you can schedule a time for a call with him. Cross Country Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 47305. Yeah, and is a trusted advisor in you know, all mortgages. And again, it's a it's a buying market, uh, so check him out at Chris Devin CCM on Instagram. He's doing a lot of he's putting out a lot of good information on the market, and um, hopefully, you can check him out at chrisdevin.com and uh, he'll take care of you. Yeah, March, you want to do a quick pro stock, and then we'll dip into the mailbag here. Shop for the young hockey player in your family this holiday season with Pro Stock Hockey. Free name personalization, free tape, same-day shipping, and friendly customer service come with all kids' sticks and gloves. Pro Stock Hockey is the best way to give your kid the pro experience. There's no better way to surprise your future pro than with some new gear with their own name on it. Visit ProStockHockey.com today and use code BYMOTS for 20% off your kid's gear order. And got and we have a lot of tournaments coming up, you know, around yeah. the holidays here, right? Christmas tournaments, New Year's. So you break some sticks. Maybe uh, Santa gave like a big gift, and then you know, thinking about you know getting some some more uh, gear for your future hey, look, pro. Look good, feel good, play good, right? Yeah. So I, th- I think it, there's always time, um, you know, after the holidays to still uh, continue to kind of shower your your future pro with some quality pro stock gear yeah keep uh keep up and keep on entitling that kid at the end of the day at the end of the day that's what we're all doing right that's right spoiled brass that we're all raising just kidding boys uh all right let's get into the mailbag hey boys love the show and wanted to know how you'd handle the following situation or how as a coach you would want a parent to handle the following situation my son um 
made his first A-team as a second-year Bantam. Part of our duties as a parent is to work the penalty box slash scoreboard slash score sheet for home games. By the way of history, I played through high school poorly and coached from mini mites through peewees even more poorly. <laughs> uh, as I had coached many of my kids, I took away uh, team. I took the away team's box and my wife took the home team's box. So they're working the, uh, the, the, the penalty boxes. Five minutes left in the 2 nothing game. My son's team's losing. The ref gives the visiting team's player a misconduct for abusing the ref. I open the door and let him sit down. He proceeds to curse the refs, our town, our team. Not a big deal, but then he drops and they have a blanken black kid on their team, quote, uh, quotation marks. I was just hoping to get your thoughts on how you would handle it. FYI, I turned around, screamed at the kid, and said, what the blank did you just say? Before I lost my temper any further, which I regret, I walked over, told the away coach, and let it go. To their credit, they benched the player who was their best player, of course, for the rest of the game. And the next game, they found me after the game, took my name and number, and said that they were... Uh, taking it back to their board. Thanks and keep up the great work. That's from Andy. Uh, always tough when you when 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 we hear stories like this. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I you know after listening to you read through it, um, well, it's great that. Yes, sorry about that. No, <laughs> no, it's <laughs> sorry great, for having it's great a, that listen to me read. No, the the parents. Uh, you know, I you know the first thing is. You know, you and your wife being able to, you know, lend your time and and do the penalty boxes, and I'm sure some other parent was doing the uh, the school board, but that's that's actually a pretty cool way to go about it. Number one, um, on a positive side, uh, what's the I, point of that? Like, not to like, what's the the, the point of the whole parent? Yeah, being maybe in the, the penalty box. Well, I, I I would just say there's there's a, a way to like involve. You know the the teams, you know staff, whatever. Like staffing the 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 rank. I was thinking like, why wouldn't they just staff the rank? But like, you never know. Like, I don't know where they're from, but you don't necessarily need to be in the box for a, you know, bantam a, game, a bantam game. But you know they're doing it, and you know just you know kind of. Yeah, you see off. it. I, I guess we you see it uh, in different areas of the country and things like yeah. that. Like it's not something that we typically see here in Boston. But I remember when we were down. When I was down in Atlanta, a lot of times, you know, a, a parent would work the the scoreboard, uh, not the scoreboard, the 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 you know the home of the visiting penalty box. And I, at first, I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird. But I guess like a safety thing too, if the kid yep. jumps out of the box and doesn't shut the door properly, you know, right. it, it, it could potentially be a, a safety hazard. Yeah, and then also like leading up to this situation, I think without him there, it would have gone on kind of addressed right so um you know i i actually do feel that andy you did handle this properly puts you in a very difficult situation number one you mm -hmm. know and then your knee-jerk reaction is was spot on in my opinion yeah yeah there's i really, agree yeah there's really no room in the game or in life for anything other than making the right decision and you did uh, according to this young player's, you know, it's it, I, I think it's just absolutely un, unacceptable uh, that he even has, you know, you get fired up in games, and but that's just a product of his environment. You know, it's a deeper, pro, uh, the deeper kind of problem, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but 
the way you no, handled I think it. And, and Andy handled it well, and then yeah. addressing it with the coaches and 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 things like that. He was he 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 did a really good job with it. Yeah, and and kind of again like another credit to the coaches in that program for number one benching him and then taking it to the next level where you know that they need to punish this player. I don't care if you're the best player in the you know the state or whatever, wherever you are, the region. It's yep. just not the right way to be. That's unacceptable. So, and again, you know, the, from the NHL down, like they're talking about, you know, hockey's for everyone, and that's they want to grow the game. And this is like such a narrow-minded, like comment that may is, is like so ridiculous. Yep. That, um, you know, you should be you know penalized on some level or reprimanded on some level, and you know the game is so great, and I. I was part of like a lot of diversity and inclusion uh, conversations at the NHL level uh, prior to um, be launching something next year. And, 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 you know, this is something that is a, a real, you know, push to make sure that we grow the game appropriately. And some of these um, exercises that were done, it was just very interesting because they hired a lot of like professionals to, kind of mm-hmm. put people in certain situations and then um, see how they felt and reacted. And so the game is legitimately for everyone. Um, you know, it hasn't been the most diverse, you know, sport out there, but that's the goal. And, you know, to have some of these comments be made is completely unacceptable and should not be tolerated. Yeah, no, very well said. Uh, I don't want to beat it up too much, but I think that, uh, you know, Andy handled things perfectly and, and Mott's, you know, you're, you're spot on in your take as well. I know you're battling a little bit of, uh, you know, a, a little sore throat. We might have to get you some uh, some honey or some cough drops or something. But this <laughs> a one, man, uh, man cold, man cold. This next, this next question looks like a nice short one if you want to take this one. From yeah, sure. Dad. Uh, we are in the process of applying to schools for freshman year. In your opinion, are you better off going to a stronger program and potentially not playing varsity for two to three years or going to a weaker program that will be rebuilding and getting meaningful minutes as a freshman? This is for a goalie, and this is from Goalie Dad. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, in this situation, as a goaltender, right, every situation is different, and goalies, is it's very tough to navigate, um, you know, kind of that path. But I think if you have the opportunity to go into a place and play early as a goalie and, you know, not, um, you know, have to sit around and sit on the bench for, for two and three years, I think that's a pretty unique opportunity. So I guess I would, you know, as, as a goalie, dad i would uh you know i would look towards going to that to that weaker program where you're going to be getting a lot of ton, you know ton of shots uh you know the program's rebuilding you're going to be getting meaningful minutes uh playing as a freshman playing against older kids i think that could be a um you know a very good kind of problem to have as a as a goaltender the only Thing that I think, yes, I agree with you, but um, the He's only getting pro- lit up all the time, yes, yeah, yeah, confidence from lack of support, uh, more quality chances, scoring chances with you know older players who shoot it a little harder than he's used to, and you know, they find the back of the net much more. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's that's the only rub on that. Yeah, you're getting playing time and you're seeing you but you're seeing more quality shots, letting more goals in. So confidence is huge for a goalie, technique and confidence, right? So I would look at it as if it's an absolute dumpster fire of a, a, a program that there's no real, you know, kind of yeah. plan to rebuild somewhat quickly. You might want to just, you know, keep that in mind in your decision making. But if there is some positive movement going the other way, because it can turn very quickly and, you know, your your goalie is getting, your son's getting a, um, you know, a, a good enough um, support system in front of him, then, yeah, th- that is definitely like what you said, BY, a little more beneficial than sit, riding the pine for three years. You know, it's it's different than in, say, college or pro, where like you right. have to put your time in a little bit. Some of these guys come in and like they're studs, but to put your time in and get quality shots in practice. And then when it's your time, you know, you shine. But um, unfortunately, like, you know, like if, you're sitting there for two or three years, and then they bring in like a, a stud fresh. Another stud, yeah. yeah. It's like, ugh. But yeah, I, w- I would say get the reps, but just keep that in mind. Like, kind of just have that, um, you know, in the decision making process. Like, if there is some meaningful rebuild, mm-hmm. then you get that, you know, right. You get those quality players or like guys that will be able to defend better in front of you. Um, I think it could be a good opportunity yeah no definitely uh good question there from goalie dad yeah um hi shrinks appreciate the podcast and love listening each week apologize in advance for the long question but would love your input mating season is around the corner and trial chatter is already starting around the ranks are you 11 players currently on a team that is having a rough season they are 4 12 and 1 our league has three divisions but our team has an auto bid to the highest division, even though we aren't an elite team. Uh, what is most beneficial when it comes to development? Playing on a team that sees top top competition, but is comprised of all players who are all solid individual players, but struggle to play as a team. Morale is low and everyone is frustrated, coaches included. We are at the bottom of our division and each game we seem to be declining. We will always be in this division due to our auto bid unless there are some changes. Um doesn't look like much will change next year. Our other option is to play on a team that will participate in the league parity and be placed in one of the three divisions and hope uh, that we see more competitive games, along with some solid coaching and team unity. Love your insight as we begin to think about next season. And that's from Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom has got it going on. I love it. Um, yeah, so this happens a lot, though. Um, so just from experience, I depending on the coach at the top level there, even though you're 4-12-1, you're playing top-level competition, um, if the coach is coaching the correct way and there is a core group of kids that are – you know, understanding some concepts and you can continue to develop them because I live this a bit and I just, it's very frustrating. Number one, as a parent, as a coach, and even for the kids, much more for the kids to stay positive when you're not, when you're coming out on the uh, wrong end of the um, score. Yeah. 
But I can tell you, again, from experience, that the kids that I had during those times, that that core group that I was talking about, they're playing at a high level in high school right now, and they're doing very well because they had a good understanding of the game, You know, worked on their skills. They were very good players. We just didn't have depth. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of the teams would beat us, right? So... Yeah, you'd hang around for two periods, and then you know, next thing you know, in the in the third period, it's you know the wheels kind of came off a little bit. Yeah, so it's a three three game, and it ends up seven three. How's that look on the score sheet at right. the end? But it's a good game after two periods. But, Lance, but- with, with, with with that being said, like you being you know you coaching and keeping the morale high, and the kids having fun and engaged and things like that, this seems like it's kind of not the case right they talk yeah. about the frustration the coaches are frustrated um you know parents kids morale's really low so you know how do you handle that situation right like the, is well, yeah to- so the next part like if that is the case where it's not you're not getting that because of the you know so the coaching does not kind of you know, kind of stay above you know what is the result is mm-hmm. frustration and you know, kind of pointing fingers and the morale, like, you know, there's, we still had the best time ever, you know, yeah. we were talking about it the other day. Anyway, then the other option though, there's a lot of unknowns there. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, like those three divisions, you know, there's, you could be on a, in a division and just be like burying teams all year. And that does nothing for development. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you don't know who the coach is, but if the coach is quality and wants to do the right things, it's really get comes down to the coach. Right. I don't know. I just think that that you have to look at both. But, but as a kid, right? So as a parent, your job is to try to put your kid in a in in, in a good situation where he's having fun and and you know enjoying like and and has that passion that love to go to the rink every day right if the other team is is you know at least you know without living it in every day yet but if you look at it from kind of an outsider's perspective and it's like all right this team it's a good group morale's high the kids are having fun no matter what the type of division is uh or what the level of competition like wouldn't you rather your kid be part of that environment than an environment with things that kind of like it's a drain to go to the rink every day. Cause we've all been in that situation and that's miserable. Like nobody wants to go to the rink. Hockey's a long, long season, like nine months of like, you know, pain and torture and coaches yelling and practice and just like negativity. Nobody wants it. it. It's brutal. Yeah. So like, as I read that though, it's, it seems like they hope to see more competitive games Along with solid coaching and team unit, but like the, the that's the hope. That's oh, it's right. an, still There's an unknown. No guarantee. Yeah, yeah. So I just think that you have to weigh the factors between you know getting pushed, you know, consistently game in game out and coming, you know, out on the losing end versus you don't know. Like you know that you might still. Right. You know, the, you might still lose a bunch of games. You might still, you might kill some some teams because you just don't match. You know, you match up better against that. You know, say that division, and who knows? The the coach might not even, you know, be there. How, you know, whatever. Like, there's just a lot yeah. of unknowns. That's all the same. Um, yeah. No, it's a good point. You got to so, weigh all the options for sure. 
Yeah, but I I just think you look at I I don't think it's the worst thing to lose games, but it is the coach's job to keep morale up and you know keep working the the concepts and they're they're, they're relatively young. I mean, like you yeah, you eleven. Yeah, you know, so it's you know they're right on the cusp of like learning a lot, like or capable of learning a lot. So I would just kind of take a hard look at the coaches, and yeah. you can make your decision from there. And I mean, four twelve and one or uh, you know, I think that's it's not terrible, that, but it's not it's like you you kind of you know one or two guys away from uh, guys or girls, I should say in this, in this case um, from being 600 or 500. Yeah. From being 500. And yeah. then, it, you know, it's a, it, it's kind of like everybody's, everybody's satisfied at that point. So uh, yeah. yeah, definitely a really good question from, uh, from Stacy's mom. Can we um, hear one more Stacy's mom? Stacy's mom has got it going on. She's all I want, and I've been so long. I missed the. I, I I forget the words. <laughs> Not bad though. Not terrible. Stacy, can't you see? I'm tone deaf and have no rhythm. I think you'd be a good karaoke guy. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, well, speaking of karaoke, guys, uh, before we get to our next question, let's talk about our friends at Franklin Sports, your one-stop hockey shop for the holiday season. Shop our collection of NHL-licensed fan gear, street hockey sets, hockey training equipment, and more to find the perfect gift for the hockey nut in your life by visiting franklinsports.com. Uh, stock up on those holiday goods with those guys over at Franklin right now, that's for sure. Yeah, there's some great stocking stuffers. Anything you need, hockey uh, training equipment, check them out at franklinsports.com. Shoot a toot as you name it. They got it all. Jersey Shore, why don't you help us out with the next one? It's a bit of a long one, and, uh, you know, Mott's is battling through a little. He's got the sniffles, and everybody's heard enough of me reading. So, Jersey, what do you say? Can you help us out? Yeah, let's uh, let's take a look into this one here. So it already starts off with here's a doozy of a story that makes for an interesting conversation. And it, after reading it, it definitely is a doozy. So, well, we'll I haven't read it yet. So let's make sure you spell things out here. Yeah, yeah. Just just sit back and listen. Okay. All right. So my son was at a club run goalie clinic with goalies of different ages. We'll call him C. So the goalie is C. He is a first-year peewee to make a long beginning short. An older goalie, a bantam towards the end of the clinic, drops his gloves, grabbed my son's face cage, ripped and physically removed his helmet from his head, and whacked him in the back of the head with a stick. C has had never met this player before. Side note, this was witnessed by other coaches. My son ended up in the ER with staples to fix a head laceration and was off the ice for 10 days. To add complication, the player that hit C is the son of C's head coach, so I still have to look at this parent at the ice and at every game. So I was promised the player would not play anymore. He would be removed from the ice, never around C again. The matter went through the board, which also, to add conflict, the father of the player is also the president of the organization, and the (laughs) younger brother is on C's team. We were told the player would not be back this year. Done deal. Mother of the player emailed me eight weeks after the incident in August and told me that they are appealing the board's suspension. I immediately sent my concerns to the board, and the suspension was upheld. However, I was then t- 
in t- in the time the player could volunteer at learn to play hockey and resume practices in January. They changed from quote unquote a year to the actual end of the calendar year. It keeps going. <laughs> One week after the after the suspension was upheld, the mother brings the player to C's game because she came to watch her younger son's game. I heard the head coach and the mother tell the child he can't go in the locker room. The player went into the locker room anyway with C, which was a violation of the agreement of the board. So I sent a letter to the board asking how this kid could how this could be allowed to happen. I also asked if the hitting incident had been reported to USA Hockey, which no one in the organization had ever answered me back from in August. And here's the end. I ended up filing my own report and was in contact with the double with the AA HA who issued a summary suspension. That was then violated by the family who dismissed it and allowed the player to attend the volunteer session anyway. This was reported by someone else and the AAHA was notified. It then later came out that through further investigation, the organization had several documented quote-unquote incidents with that same player over past seasons that had not been properly reported. I felt relief in the AAHA's action, but then the family of the player had filed an appeal and requesting a hearing through USA Hockey to bring the player back. They told USA Hockey that it was, quote, an accident and that their player, quote, tripped and fell, and that's how C got hurt. So this is still going on since August. Am I the bad guy for not wanting this player to return to the ice? My worry is that another player could be hurt way worse than C was. Family is in complete denial about all the severity of this. We are still waiting for a final call from USA Hockey. Your thoughts? Have you ever heard of such a mess? That's from Holly Berry. <laughs> oh, that's a disaster. I mean, where do you begin? Go Thanks, ahead, Andy, Yeah, where thanks. do you where do you even begin? Uh I mean, well, just start at the beginning. God, like what? what like what type? I saw so this. They're a year or two years apart. Yeah, you know, depending so on age. skills. You got a bantam age kid that's attacks a a peewee age kid, which is probably a two year difference. Yeah. Uh, you know pulls the helmet off, hits him with a stick and gives him stapled in the staples in his head. No, kind of, I'm I'm guessing like you know the glo- the say catching gloves off, grabs his helmet, takes it off and gives him like a dope slap behind on, on the back of his head. That that's how I pictured it. That's how you picture it with the but well, with using the stick. The stick. The stick. Correct. Um, and but you know again so they've never met before. Now, I, I don't know about that because they the the younger it. brother plays on his team. I was gonna say there's some definitely some confusion with me on that in terms of the 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 you know the father's on the board, the father's the coach of the peewee team. Uh how have the kids never met? Yeah, maybe maybe the one maybe. well one way or another. I mean this kid that he, he knows who he is. He knows who he is. Um yeah. There could be some jealousy and things like that 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 are involved, but the 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 older player in this situation, I, I mean, this kid's a problem child, and and the parents allowing him to, you know, come back to the rink and be 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 around and kind of violate the rules and going out and helping out with the the younger age group kids, like I you know I know I'm sure everybody wants to. You you want to keep this kid busy because obviously the parents don't want to sit. You know they, they they probably don't want the kid sitting in the house all day because he's obviously a complete psycho. But uh, it, it, it's time to find another sport. 
Well, I just, yeah. So, like, kind of to go off what you're just saying, there is something going on there. There could have been some words. There could have been whatever. Like, who who really cares? But his actions are completely unacceptable. Yeah. Like, let's just start there. You know, like, not, never mind. I don't care what's going on. You don't hit anyone over the head with your stick, especially after taking his helmet off. Did you see that video that that was oh, that's just recent? Yeah, that's an ADD moment right there. Let's stay on topic here. Yeah, that was crazy though. The one <laughs> I that know. was posted. We, we can get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, as far as the uh, say discipline of you know what ha- has happened, right? It's like all right, you know, this is what happened. Go to the organization. It's just like a bag job. Yes, a thanks for the you know commitment to the organization, being on the board and everything. But when you're in those po- positions of power and you have a, um, a kid that is not making the right decisions and you continue to protect them, that is not like like that's not what it's all about. Like you right. you you should not be in that position. What you should be doing, if you are in that position, is you know, doing the right things and not so much making your son an example, but just playing by the rules and making sure that he knows that that's wrong, you know? So yep. it's definitely, it was witnessed by other coaches. <clears throat> so it's not like it's just being made up and, and the kid's getting staples. I've had staples in my head. That's not just a few zips, not right. not like a little dink in, in the head. Yeah, You know, yeah. you're getting, you're getting hit hard enough to like split, you know, and make it deep. So it's, um, you know, so starting there with the, the parents, you know, trying to protect through certain things. But as this goes on, like you go down in, into this, you know, kind of scenario, you have, she did the right thing by yeah. bypassing the organization. And there are other incidences that weren't, you know, properly documented. So again, it goes back to the parents and, We'll, we'll, we can put it just on the dad because he was in charge or he was on the board. And I just, I, I think it's just a joke that he's able to manipulate, you know, um, you know, some, um, say, repercussions of his kids' actions. And that's actions, not what yeah. it's all about. <laughs> right. You know, we, we, yeah. we stress a lot about standing in front of your own actions and doing the right things. And so if he's getting, was consistently getting away with it. Now, you know, Holly Berry's like, you know, calling him out enough. It's like, you get this, you know, you're still trying to skate on like the kid fell. Come on. Like he just fell and he, he got staples on the back of his head. It's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's a joke. Yeah. It's an unfortunate situation, obviously. And, and, you know, Holly Berry's just got to do what's she's, you know, she's filing the right, um, you know, the right protocol. Protocols, right? Exactly. Like you know, dealing with the what's what you call it, the double A, um, yeah, double A, double A H A, and and you know, dealing with USA Hockey and stuff like that, and they'll end up, uh, you know, doing the right thing with everything. I I, I believe because this kid, he, unfortunately, um, you know, that's just a, it, it's not a good situation, and this kid clearly. Um, like you said, has some has some serious issues going on. Yeah, and you know, to allow him to just kind of like 
you know, kind of still be vi- lingering around. Yeah, it's yeah, like, exactly. Uh, They're just violating those O'Doyle's little board orders. back again. <laughs> yeah. The O'Doyle, the O'Doyle kids here. So just kind of uncomfortable for, you know, C and C's family. But it's being allowed, number one. So no. even though there was a board order. So it, it just it doesn't make sense to me. Um, so keep us informed on that, Hollyberry. I'd like to hear. Yeah, I definitely would. Uh, thanks for the question, Jersey. Good, uh, good reading there. Yeah, great uh, reading. You read good. <laughs> you... <laughs> All right, I got the next one here. Hi there. Just wondering your thoughts on age, advancing, uh, young players, benefits, downsides, etc. To give context, I have a 2015 seven-year-old who is a first-year minor U9 player in Canada. So that means he's trying out with 2015s and 14s. Our league is very small uh, is a very small rural league with no tryouts you simply just get the kids who sign up in your town he is really dominating the league and is leading our team in goals by quite a margin and leading in the eye test as well next year the league um, would get less difficult for him as he is always being matched up against the 2014s typically and they are moving up and the 2016s will come in. So it's safe to say he will demolish the league next year. So in your opinion, is it better to uh, age advance to play U11 next year and play with the 2014s and 13s, which uh, the 2013s would be quite a jump in the size difference. He would likely still be up near the top of the league or at least top half. Uh (laughs) and have other strong players to play with or stay in the U9 and get all the puck time he wants and dominate excessively and t- and be clear and be the clear cut number 1 player in the league with the risk of not really getting challenged and not having the strongest of talent around him would love to hear your thoughts on this Tyson chicken um you know yeah well well so there's there's a few things here um you know, there's the rural league with no tryouts, you know, so like you're kind of like dealing with who's available pretty much and who's playing and the participation and like kind of slot. But I, um, you know, seven years old, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, the playing up thing is, is, I mean, in the can, States, it's not allowed. Like, mites can't play squirts, so I don't even know if that's even a possibility. No, but they're in Canada, so it's, you know. Yeah, you I don't this. know if, if if this would follow, like, you know, Hockey Canada. I'm sure I'm sure USA copies Hockey Canada's rules and yeah. something. You know, like, USA just didn't come up with the no mites playing squirt rule right. on their own. They're not, they're not that smart. Right. Well, the, I mean, just the, you know, he's... Definitely, uh, kids are stud. Clearly, I know, proud of his son, but I just, um, I will say, he makes a point about being the older one, and if he's dominating now, it's like, yeah, so you just can skate a little faster, a little better, get around, you know, players that aren't as good, right? So there could be some value to it, but once you get into that pool of like playing up. You know, like you definitely have something, you know, like now is he going to play up all along or is he going to slot back down at some age? It's like if he's that good and dominating, I would just let him dominate and like not 
I don't know. It, it's just so tough. I, I would just let him play it as age own age group. I mean, and if he could be an alternate or have a handful of games at the at the higher level, then just to give him the carrot if he is dominating, then you know that would be great. But to kind of put all your eggs in there and just you know because he is skating around players of his own age. Um, but again, you know Tyson makes a great point. You know, like the younger group is coming in and he'll be dominating even more. Like, so if you just break it down, I know he put a little salt and pepper on a lot of this, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's you what know, you with, do with, with his chicken. chicken. <laughs> I know. You just uh, a little marinade. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's a small town and there's not a ton of kids and he has the opportunity and can kind of play up and, 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 you know, at least for another year or two, when things get, you know, when they get to that, U12 level that that you know squared age uh things seem to seem to start to 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 balance out a bit more and and level up you know kids get taller and bigger and stronger and faster and maybe you know a kid like little Tyson um little T chick um you know he kind of maybe he he kind of plateaus a little bit you know what I mean and maybe he started skating before everybody else in this town and other kids start to play catch up but if he's got the opportunity and he can do it for another year or two and 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 play up then you know I don't have a big problem with it especially if he's going to be the guy that goes out and scores you know 300 goals in a season or something like that um but i would you know, also ch- check with uh i mean you know, I hockey actually, canada right yeah check with hockey canada and 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 i probably would um uh, uh, we should try to get this guy's email and, and and put him in touch with like jerry buckley too and just see if he's open uh, to to take on some younger clients you know yeah because yeah. uh he's gonna need an agent pretty soon yeah I mean, as far as, uh, you know, just getting good quality representation, you know. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. From Mr. Johnson. Um, Jersey, you're reading for Mike tonight. All right. Fair enough. Here we go. So this is from Mr. Johnson. Great pod, especially for coach slash parent combos. Keep up the great work. I've been a coaching rep, single A, double A, I'm guessing you meant triple A, for about 15 years with and without kids of my own on the team and have a question regarding line formations. I'm from Whiteshore, Yukon, Canada, and play primarily against larger centers, and our first two lines are generally on par, and then our depth gets exposed on line three. My U11 co-ed rep has a pretty balanced three lines, and so we roll them, and that's ideal. But I also coach a couple female rep teams, and we usually have six or seven forwards that are a step ahead, play possession, and make plays. The remaining three are more N slash S. I don't know what that means. Chip it in, chip out types. North, south. Oh, north, north south. south. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, your game, Jersey. I'm <laughs> east, west. That's all. That's all I do. Bench to the penalty yeah. box. Uh, <laughs> would you would you sprinkle the three lines with two offensive threats and one grinder, or run two scoring type lines and ask the three grinders to grab the identity of never getting scored on, etc., and roll that way? I have done it both ways, and curious on your thoughts. Cheers, Mister Johnson. Mister Johnson. Yeah, I mean, um, what do you think? What do you got? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think so. They're U eleven. I think a balanced attack is always a good thing instead of loading up, you know, two, two, 
two lines and then calling one line your so-called checking line. Like, I don't think that's that's something that should be, um, you know, really identified at that age where you're telling, you know, you're, you're identifying three forwards, you know, one line of kids and basically telling them like, you know, hey, you guys are the, um, you know, the Merlot line from back in the day with the Bruins, right? Like, just get the puck out and take pride in your defensive zone and, and, and things like that, not encouraging them to play offense. You know, I think – if you if you mix maybe those three weaker players in with you know, some some good offensive threats, it might bring out some good you know offensive ability in those guys. So rather than kind of burying a third line, and then what happens when those guys go and it's a you know it's a power play and it's their time to get up? Like you now you're going to pull those guys off, right? Like you, you you're kind of opening up a can of worms in my eyes. <clears throat> yeah, I mean I've done it both ways too, Mister Johnson. Um, <laughs> I just. Loading up a line uh, too, um, yes, you can match up and you can get some. But again, it's I'm sure there's pushback. You know, you're playing some decent teams, so you're getting some pushback. And then when that third line got on the ice, it was, you know, you're just crossing your fingers that they don't. Yeah, you're just praying. You're praying. Yeah, and like to your point, BY, you don't want to, you know, pigeonhole, but because like the kids know. Like they yeah. know if they're on the line together, they're like, oh, you know, this this kid's like, oh, he's shrapnel, and then oh, this kid's <laughs> shrapnel. Like they 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 already know, but shrapnel's like, such a good one. But I did sprinkle them in just to try to have some depth, um, you know, to minimize that, you know, you know, one line number one being you know, kind of labeled as, you know, your lower end tier player. And then also, you know, on the ice, they are your lower end tier player and they spend most of the time in the D zone and they don't generate much. And so it's again, not helping their development at all. Yeah. It's so like you're just teaching them to, to, you know, yeah, get the puck it, out and get the puck in. Yeah. And you, you answered it like pretty much the same way. I just think that, you know, sprinkling them in, and then then you can load up at certain times of the game. Like you always have that ability, but if they're part of the the mix, so those three guys, you know, spread out over three lines, and you kind of see who works well with one another. You know, it could be righty lefty, it could be just guys that have chemistry or whatever. Um, and then you you know, then you can dictate like you know throughout the game, you can you can pull a kid back and. I mean, it's, uh, at, you know, it's like a U11, like, that's fine. I think you can just grab a kid and throw him out there at certain times or, you know, like, th- you know, three minutes left in the game, four minutes left in the game, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I would err on the side of sprinkling the infield. Yeah, yeah, sprinkling the shrapnel. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you ever uh, do you ever do post slash commentary about coaches playing true favoritism with youth hockey players while repeatedly excluding and even berating other players? Would be great to hear your perspective on this. Thanks for your confidentiality from a hockey nana. I love Shout it. Shout out to Nana listening, yeah. huh? Love it. Shout out grandma. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean we we actually haven't done like say post, but we, we can talk about it here. Yeah. Um, it does happen 1000%. And I would say some people and say adults, coaches are better 
you know, getting away with it on some level, but it's so apparent when it does happen, if people mm-hmm. are paying attention. So, you know, personally, I, you know, we talked about this in you know, episode 100. Um, and I can, I think I posed the question to you, BY. It's about um, coaching your kid and, and what, yep. you know, what avenue or approach do you take? Like I had him serving every, you know, too many men or goalie penalty, bad or coaching. if I, or, yeah, or if I, if I yelled at the ref, I don't mind to do that anymore. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, uh, th- there is definitely there is true favoritism out there that's like innate in certain people, um, yeah. and it, it is going to happen. Uh, berating other players, I think I've seen it uh, where there are coaches that just just don't take a liking to someone. Yeah, just, they get a whipping boy. Yeah, a little bit, right? And there's and it's interesting because you know I didn't see it one time, and a mom came to me and was like, "Hey, this coach was you know I was on the bench though." Mm. And yep. It was the other co- and but and not like berating by any means, but it was just like. So I think it went both ways where like the kid was a little sensitive and also the coach was doing it like on his own terms. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Uh, so Nana, yes, it does happen. And we're talking about it now, but if anything comes up, uh, we'll definitely post about it. Yeah. I mean, if people want to want to give us some questions and things like that about it or, or some examples, it's always good to have, but yeah, I mean, it, those things happen sometimes coaches. I mean, you look at, um, you know the John Tortorellas of the world, right? They always found that that their whipping boy and their guy that they can kind of beat up and 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 things like that. And you know, good coaches, I think that they're firm and hard with with you know and and consistent, right? With with all players, not just you know picking on one or two guys and things like that. So uh, there's definitely some favoritism that is shown out there. Uh, you know, fortunately, uh, you know, I think for coaches, we've you've got to just do a good job of of trying to just you know treat everybody the same and not really show that 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 favoritism it did which you know sometimes right it's like you got a kid that's a really good player and it's easy to kind of favor that guy right but um you know the yeah. the, the whole like berating kids and, and and things like that nowadays i mean there's times where you got to give a guy you know the, the the so-called quotation marks like a little kick in the in, in in the seat right and like hey pick it up type of thing you know and some kids respond better to better than others right but uh each kid is 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 you know definitely different and you got to find what motivates each individual player uh and a lot of times you know embarrassing a kid in front of the the group and yelling and screaming at them isn't the the approach especially with the the modern day athlete right yeah, but you know, again, going back to last episode, your dad said, you know, you build them up in in front of the group, and you constructively criticize on the side. Yeah, you know? and and yeah. that, I mean, that was twenty five plus years ago, thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. That buddy's doing that, and and again, like he just had like a a great approach to coaching, and I think it still rings true today. Yeah, no, definitely good. Good question by Nana. Yeah, I love it. yeah, Nana's jumping on board. I love it. Nana's buzzing. Um, Well, this mailbag was brought to you by Sparks. Uh, Head on over to sparkshockey.com and use the code BYMOTS. Uh, I actually got hit up today by a former guest, and 
retired longtime NHL player. And he's like, BY, is the Spox thing just a, you know, is this just an ad read where you guys are like <laughs> getting paid to do it? Or do you really believe in it? And I'm like, use the code BY Mott. You're going to love it. And he gave me I the did the old, same exact thing with a, a guy I played with. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, and he wrote it down. He's like, BY Mott's. All right. Yeah. He goes, BY Mott's. And he's like, sold. And so, uh, but it's real. You know what I mean? It really is. It's as real as it can get. It's not something that we're just, uh, getting getting compensated to read about this is something that we you know we we truly believe in and uh you know make sure you take advantage of that fifty dollars off by using the pro promo code bymots uh obviously we're in the holiday season it's the gift that keeps on giving we've talked about it uh it's going to save you money in the long run it's a, a consistent awesome convenient shopping you're never going to deal with the issues that that we've talked about in previous pods um you know, with, with some guy absolutely butchers your skates. It's it's the right way. It's accurate every single time. And, um, you know, so make sure you head on over to sparkshockey.com and take advantage of that BY Mots discount code. 50, 50 bucks off. It's a good 50 smackers. I mean, I, I 50 bucks this time of year. Whew. I don't know. We'll take it, right? Uh, that mailbag was also brought to you by TSR Hockey. This holiday season, go visit our guys at TSR Hockey in Salem, New Hampshire, where you can get outfitted in team gear and stock up on all your equipment needs for the remainder of the hockey season. Now is the time to get those backyard ranks all set up before the ground freezes. Our friends at TSR have three different size rink kits you can choose from. And if you don't need the whole kit, individual liners and brackets are available. You can reach the team store at 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave, and they can take care of it for you. TSR stocks team apparel for CCM and Bauer and does everything in-house, embroidery and printing. TSR Hockey is New England's premier hockey store and is a proud sponsor of the Ranked Ranks. Visit them at tsrhockey.com. Yep, I know I'll be taking a ride up to beautiful Salem, New Hampshire in the next couple of days here to get some last-minute uh, gift ideas. They, they, those guys take great care of us, so make sure you hit those guys up at tsrhockey.com uh, or check them out in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire. All right, Mott, and now it's time for the My Hockey Rankings question of the week. Uh, this is a fun question for us. If the My Hockey Rankings guys applied their algorithm to the NHL, what would, what would be the order of the teams? I think we might have to bust out the NHL, uh, you know, the, the wreckage right now, the standings, because uh, it's a tough one, but it, it's definitely a fun one. Well, I just – I think it's so great because it's a great question, number one, you know, because yeah. it would be cool. Um, so I don't think, you know, because we talked about this off air about, you know, the league going to another couple games, going to 84 games. Um, so everyone plays everyone. So strength of mm-hmm. schedule wouldn't be an issue. Right? Right. So yep. everyone's doing the yeah, everyone's playing everyone. Um so you could throw that out. So I, I would love to like throw this at the guys and see if they get play around with it. You know, like if they can tweak it and, and see what's going on, like as far as um you know, the standings right now. I mean, Boston's ahead of the the whole league right now. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at records, right? So I, yeah, I just Boston's I, got fifty-two points. Um, you know, this this 
I just think it would go by record, there. though. Yeah, I mean, it would just more or less go by record. Yeah, so I, I guess we answered the uh, question. <laughs> so right. if you go on to NHL.com and just look at league standings, that, that's your my hockey rankings um, order of teams. Yes, yeah. is your algorithm. Well, because, you know, it does. they wouldn't take into account. Actually, if they took into account, like, goal differential and all that. Yeah. That would be interesting. So that would definitely be interesting and try to get a ranking stuff. Maybe we actually ask those guys to do a little study on it. Could could they also take into consideration strength of schedule through the point of where they are based off the teams that other teams are playing based off their points and their goal differential and everything like that too? Yeah, like meaning like up until right, exactly. Yeah. Like so, yeah. so where they stand now? Like how many teams have played? The Arizona Coyotes or right. you know, oh, the right, Chicago right, right. Blackhawks. Yeah. That's no, that's yeah. probably would be like yeah, that that would wait it throughout the season, right? Yeah. Yeah, that would wait it throughout the season. You have these different <clears throat> divisions that have some some you know low, low end teams, right? Yeah, so I mean, I think we're gonna flip it over to the uh the boys and see if they can come up with something unique. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I but love it. I mean Originally, you know, so I was just thinking strength of schedule is out the door. Like if you're because everyone's going to play everyone. But yeah. to Jersey's point, up until that point, not everyone has, ever, you know, played everyone. So it would be, yeah, that, that that probably would play into it. You just like, you know, just like the, you know, some of these leagues that, you know, they are like all the leagues that they rank. Right. Right. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, no, it'll be interesting for sure. I, I got it. another my hockey rankings question of the week for you. So if you were gifted two tickets to any hockey game um, in the upcoming future for 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 you know for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you may celebrate, what what game would you really like to go to? You got a couple big ones coming up. I know, like the easy one would be Fenway Winter Classic. Yeah, um, but like, no, I'm just thinking it's something be chilly. No, I know. I want to go destination. Ooh, I want. I haven't been to Seattle. I want to see Boston and Seattle. Boston, Seattle. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the I atmosphere and want... the scene at a Vegas game. I've never been to. That it, looks like it'd be a pretty fun place to go watch a game and obviously have a night. Um, yeah. But that like, would if, be pretty if, cool. If you, you know, put... what? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go a little younger. How about like the World Junior? Um, yeah. Up in Halifax, game. up yeah. in Halifax, have some that would moose be pretty sick. Yeah, Alexander mm-hmm. Keats. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Those who mm-hmm. like it like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I like uh, it. <laughs> um, now that would be really cool. Yeah, I, you know, how about the gold medal game? You know, depending. I, I mean, as long as it's uh, U.S. Canada. <laughs> exactly. So can we that- see into the future as well? Or no? Or like, I mean, if you're talking about any sporting event, could could now you be like, oh, I want to go to you know Game Seven of the Stanley Cup or something? Right. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, a, no it's a hypothetical. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. True. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Let's just go to a mall. Yeah. I know. Seriously, just like travel around. Let's just and, go on a tour. Yeah. What if what What's one game that you could go back in time and go see? Mm. Oh, miracle! Sure. Is he sure. Yeah. I think Miracle would be like electric, obviously. That the Olympics. Yeah. Um you know, that's just off the top of my head. That's like an easy one though, I think. Yeah, that would I mean that's a good answer though. What about getting to like one of those um 
you know, Detroit, Colorado, like, you know, absolute wars. Like those yeah. are, that must've been a pretty cool yeah. atmosphere to be in. 97, 98. Uh, what about, what if we wore like uh what if we wore like, um, you know, Marshawn t-shirt and a Gronkowski shirt and went to, to um, Arizona to watch the Bruins and, uh, and Coyotes play and getting a, Absolute rumble in, in, in a dust up. <laughs> <laughs> Lose yeah. a finger. Yeah, yeah, we can do that too. Bring the golf clubs though. <laughs> yeah, the sticks are the day they're coming. Yeah, yeah, just just get zipped up, get a, a bunch of staples like goalie C, and get <laughs> get out there and and go low. The yeah. ball travels a little further in that weather too. I know, I know. That would uh, that'd be a good one. It'd be a good one. Yeah, a lot of that. I think that 80 Olympic game, that would be pretty sick. That it was a good be. answer. That was a good answer right off the top of the head. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Um, Mots, I wanted to give a uh, – you're part of the, the 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 break of family, but we got this sent to us. Uh, very sad to hear about the heart disease that is, fact, that is affecting um, Mike and his family. Uh, gents, just wondering if you can give Mike a shout out on the show. Mike grew up in Quincy and played uh, hockey for uh, Quincy High School. After high school, he went to West Point where he played on their hockey team. He's a veteran of the first Gulf War. His son Jake is an 09 and plays for uh, Jimmy Russo's Breakers 09 Elite Team. He's a great guy and his health is deteriorating at a very fast pace. Uh, that got sent to us. From our buddy Dennis Keenan, uh, who's a big fan of the show and a, and a great hockey dad. So. Um, you know, there's a GoFundMe that's set up. It's Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to say this wrong name, this last name wrong. Shanette. Uh, that that much. Uh, I think I did yeah, that right. Yep, yeah, Mike Shanette. Um, so he's fighting as you know, he's battling ALS and uh, which is just a, a you know a terrible disease. So obviously, I know. Um, you know, I know his son Jake. I, you know, I coach against them at that that age group. He's a good, solid player, and and it's you know very difficult to to see what. Uh, What's going on with uh, with with Paul Mike and those guys? So you know he's in our thoughts and and, and our prayers um, for sure. And if you know anybody like we said, there's a GoFundMe set up. Um, again, it's uh, you know we can we, we'll we'll put it out on the Instagram. Um, you know when we drop the episode, just because obviously it's too much to read. But uh, you know the best wishes to uh, you know to the Shanette family. Yeah, ALS is a terrible disease. I've lost a couple friends. Um, you know, and a uh, sports information director at BC, you know, Pete Frades was, yep. you know, great, brought great awareness to it with the ice bucket challenge, but um, it's just a terrible disease that traps you in your body. Um, you know, your mind's still correct, but and uh, it's a very, you know. Yeah, we just saw, you know, boards uh, solving, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's very difficult on the families, so. If uh yeah, if you have a couple extra funds, um, you know, we're gonna post it, you know, GoFundMe uh link on the Instagram. But uh we wish the best uh to Mike and his family. And uh, we appreciate Dennis you uh tuning in and, and sending that quick message uh to give a little awareness to uh to this terrible, you know, situation and you know, we wish the best for uh Jake to beat up on the Boston Junior Terriers. <laughs> uh, there, there's also a, a quick update too that's on the GoFundMe page. If you can, uh, if anybody can donate uh, home cooked gluten free meals for Mike 
uh, especially if you live in the Medway area. And if you can help with meals or, or anything like that, they have a, a given kind uh, link that's listed right on the GoFundMe page website okay. too. So you Great. can go to that as well. Oh, thanks for that, Jersey. Perfect. That's yeah. good. That's good. Um, well, Mots, I think that pretty much wraps things up. We did have uh, one more from Stevie O. Uh, no question, just a huge thank you for the 100th show, plus a congrats, a well-deserved milestone. I haven't missed one yet, so can't wait to see where the next 100 goes. Uh, thanks, Steve, for uh, you know for those kind words, and we've enjoyed it, right? We've uh, we've had a really good time. We're going to keep coming. We're going to keep um, you know every week providing some content for you and getting you know a lot of good hockey people lined up a lot of great interviews that we have on tap and and we're looking forward to it so you know happy uh happy holidays to everybody uh hopefully all you you know moms and dads are uh you know surviving these days and getting through and we're looking forward to uh you know a couple days away from the rink right mots and, and yep. just enjoying uh and enjoying some r and r and being around family and friends for the holidays always a special time and so special, uh, you know, happy holidays from the Rink Shrinks team here. Absolutely. Uh, the best time of year. You got the Christmas lights out for us. It's just it's just a nice uh, kind of vibe to, that, you know, once you get past some of the, the Christmas presents that I haven't done yet, um, <laughs> we, you can definitely uh, sit down and relax and enjoy the, uh, the, the time with the family. And that's the biggest thing. So, again, we appreciate all the listeners and the sponsors and, jersey and mo and everyone behind the scenes here and happy holidays to everyone yeah happy holidays and uh time to cue that rink shrink shuffle and and enjoy merry christmas happy holidays and uh we'll see you next week